and welcome to The Literacy Teacher's Life, a podcast for teachers and parents that gives ideas about how to help our children learn to love reading, writing, and all things literacy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus, a literacy professor and a mom to two elementary-aged girls. Here we'll talk about thoughtful, creative, and realistic ways to navigate literacy learning so that your children will feel supported and seen in their reading and writing. Now, let's get this conversation started. Hello, and welcome to the Literacy Teachers Life podcast. This is the podcast for ideas, tips, and strategies to help elementary children thrive with literacy. This is episode 28, and it is airing in early November, right after Halloween. It felt like Halloween was a very big deal this year, which was fun. There were so many decorations on houses, and hopefully that means that the kids had fun dressing up and going trick-or-treating. I noticed that there were many Taylor Swift costumes, and that Paw Patrol was a popular one this year. All right, I'm going to get right to the episode today. Today's topic is on reading strategies for elementary students. And this comes from a question I was asked. I was recently asked what strategies to teach to support students' reading comprehension. And that was followed up with how do I know what strategies I need to teach? So I'm going to discuss one of my favorite topics today, skills and strategies to support reading instruction. This summer, I did a lot of reading on reading strategies. I read a number of books that address strategies to support elementary students when reading both fiction and nonfiction. I also read books to support middle and high school students with strategies. And it was nice to see that there were similarities between the strategies taught to middle and high school students and some of the strategies that were at the initial phases for upper elementary, third, fourth, and fifth graders. So I have some ideas and hopefully you'll find them helpful for you and for your students. Okay, let's jump in with some definitions. So what is a reading skill? I like to think of skills as the what that the students need to be able to do when they read. Some reading skills include activating prior knowledge, predicting, sequencing, making inferences, summarizing, and analyzing. As you can probably see, these skills are the bigger concepts that we want kids to be able to do when they are reading. In order to teach these skills, we can use strategies. And I like to think of strategies as the how to teach these larger concepts. We teach strategy lessons so that the students can apply the skill automatically when they are reading. So for example, in order to teach kids the skill of making inferences, we can teach them the strategy of paying attention to how a character feels throughout the book. Now, there are so many different strategies that we can use to teach the skill of making inferences. This is just one. But I think that it's one that can be taught in the primary grades as well as in the upper grades. So when teaching the strategy, we need to teach students to bring their prior knowledge of different feelings and when they have experienced these feelings 
to consider how the character is feeling based on the information provided in the text. All right, so what does this look like? Let me give you an example. I'm going to give an example from the book, The Last Stop on Market Street by Matt De La Pena. I spoke with Matt a while back on the podcast, and I think I've discussed this book before. So the main character, CJ, and his Nana are going to leave church, and they're going to take the bus to a soup kitchen where they're helping. So as they're waiting for the bus, it's raining. And CJ asks his Nana, Nana, how come we don't got a car? It's raining. CJ is waiting in the rain and he's watching his friends hop into a car, probably to go home. We can teach kids to infer by thinking about how they would feel to be waiting in the rain and then consider how they think CJ is feeling. I just did this recently with kids. And when I asked the students this question, I heard responses such as CJ might feel frustrated or annoyed even got impatient. Now, none of these feelings are mentioned in the book, but we're teaching the students to infer using the strategy of paying attention to how a character feels so they can figure out how CJ feels based on what they know of waiting and then look at what's happening in the book to make this inference. Okay, so another question I often get is, What order should I teach strategies to students? Or is there even an order when I teach strategies to students? And I've been thinking about this a lot. So I was working with a group of third graders recently who were asked to identify character traits while reading their independent books. So they were all reading different book titles. They were at different reading levels, but they had to search for character traits. And as they were completing their work, I noticed that they were confusing the character's feelings with character traits. So basically what was happening is that the majority of the time, the third graders were writing down how the character felt, and then they would make a lucky guess every now and then and get a trait. But the majority of the responses were feelings. So I stopped them and I asked them if they understood what a character trait is, and they were unsure. Character traits are a challenging concept for emerging readers, and I would put the third graders in that category. They may not have learned this in second grade. It's not something that is always clear and concrete when reading. So for this example, I would say that the students needed to learn to identify the character's feelings first. And once they had that down, they could move on to identify character traits. So I think there was a jump being made where they the jump was find the traits, but really they needed to learn feelings first. So that's a little more concrete and easier for the kids to understand. So I would say that the order really depends on what your kids need support with in the, at that moment. And from my experience in a situation like this, I think it's more helpful, again, for the students to identify the feelings they're getting in the habit of making these inferences. And then once they have that, they're, they're starting with that skill and they're starting to get more comfortable with making inferences. Then it can be added onto and character traits can be taught, again, addressing inferences. So hopefully that makes some sense. Is sometimes we 
give kids strategies that they're just not ready for. We're, we're missing a step. So we have to think about, are we making a jump or are we really teaching them what they're ready for? Okay. So I have some tips for teaching different strategies. So we teach kids strategies to make the invisible work of reading visible to them. So as adults, we often do this work automatically without much thought. But kids need instruction on how to do this when reading. So when teaching kids strategies, I have a template that has worked really well for me. So first, I explain the strategy to the students. I tell them what I'm going to be teaching them and showing them when we're reading. After that, I model or I show them how I implement this strategy as I'm reading. And I find this to be one of the most important parts because the kids can then see how I'm using the strategy when I read. I like to walk the kids through what I'm doing during this part. And when I'm modeling the strategy, I try to use a book or a chapter from a book that I've already read with the kids. So this makes it easier. They're not trying to figure out the content of the book, but they can really focus on the strategy. Because they already know what happens in the book, that's not a concern and we can get to the work of the strategy. Okay. After that, I have the students try out the strategy with me in a very guided form. So I will guide them to try it out in the book and I'm there for support if they're struggling and I can clarify what they're doing or what they could try instead if there's a problem. I can also compliment them when they're doing really well. And once I feel that the students have a handle on the strategy, I let them move into their independent reading so that they can try the strategy out on their own. Here's the thing with independent reading though. I give the students a task that they have to complete while they're reading and that task focuses on the strategy. Let's take this group of third grade students who needed more practice identifying character feelings. I gave them a page with five post-it notes and on each post-it note, they had to write down the page number the character's name, and then the feeling that they noticed on that page. And this, first of all, it gave them something very specific to do that was practicing the strategy I had taught. And it then allowed me to go back and check their work to see if they understood the strategy when they were reading on their own. Okay. So what teaching practices can you use to teach strategy lessons? In what format can you teach these lessons? And the answer is there are so many. So you can model strategies when you implement interactive read-alouds. You can show the students how you're... Let's take this. We'll continue with the character's feelings. You can show the students how you're noticing the character's feelings as you're reading and tell them that feelings are not always written in the print of the book. But I can tell that the character is frustrated because and explain how you got to that feeling. During read-alouds, you can have the kids try the strategy out as well while you're reading. So they get to practice while you are doing the hard work of reading the print. Okay, something else you can do is shared reading or echo reading. And this is another practice that you can use to model strategies to students. So with shared reading and echo reading, the students are joining in now and doing some of the reading either with you 
or after you. But you can strategically stop and have them try out the strategy that you're focusing on. Another practice that you can use to model strategies is shared reading and also echo reading. So with shared reading and echo reading, the students are joining in and doing some of the reading either with you or after you. But you can strategically stop and have them try out the strategy that you're focusing on teaching. So just like for a read aloud, you can model how you are applying the strategy and then the students can try it out with your support. The next one is small group instruction. And I really like to teach strategies in small groups. It targets what the students need to learn and you're working with fewer students. So they get more individualized attention, which can help if they need support on a particular skill or strategy. I have found that students are more likely to ask questions when they're confused during small group instruction rather than with whole class instruction. And that way, I can really target what they need help with. And finally, whole class instruction. So of course, you can teach strategies to the whole class. When working with the whole class, my suggestion is to let them practice the strategy a few times with you, with your support. And you can move around the room to monitor the student's understanding. And again, then afterwards, you can send them off to practice the strategy during independent reading time. Okay. So hopefully that was helpful. And before we end, I just want to end on a positive note. So in the reading methods class I teach, I used a postmodern picture book. The book is called Black and White by David McCallie. And I use this with my students. First of all, a postmodern picture book is one that does not follow the traditional story structure. So there is not a clear beginning, middle, and end like we're used to. It requires a lot of thinking on the part of the reader. I've read before that many writers will say that they write 49% of the book and then 51% is left up to the reader to make meaning of. And I feel that this is really what the postmodern picture book does for readers. So I put my students in groups of four and they got to work reading the book. And so let me just walk you through the book a little bit. There are four quadrants on each page spread, one in the upper right-hand side, one on the lower right-hand side, and then another one on the upper left-hand side, and the final one on the lower left-hand side. And I told them that it was up to them how they wanted to read the book. So did they want to read each quadrant one at a time and then figure out how the four stories fit together? Or did they want to read the book page by page? And it was so great to see them getting into the book and trying to figure out the characters and the plot, which is harder in a postmodern picture book. And comments were shared that this book, Black and White, really required focus and thinking. But many of them said that it was fun, that they really enjoyed that hard work and the focus. So after reading the book, I asked them to think about what they did while they were reading this book. And they came up with a list of skills. They made predictions and inferences. They asked questions of the text. And they asked questions to each other about the book was great. They did a lot of synthesizing and analyzing while they were reading. 
And by the end, they had this great list of skills. And also, they had a list of reading behaviors that they put into practice as they were reading. So they noticed things that they did, some behaviors that they did. Talking to each other was a big one. And it really helped show how social reading really is, that conversation is such a big piece of understanding what we are reading. So I found this to be such a successful activity, and it really helped show that, yes, reading can be hard, but it can also be fun. Okay, so that's all I have for today. I hope I shared something about reading skills and strategies with you that you found helpful. I will be back in two weeks, right before Thanksgiving. This year is really flying by. Until then, you can find me on Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life, or you can check out my blog at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Until next time, happy reading. And that's it for this episode of The Literacy Teacher's Life. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life. My email address is Elizabeth at the literacy teachers Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, you can leave me a review on any podcast platform where you listen. I so appreciate it. I'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.